The Sauce Podcast. Empowering women everywhere. Hi, Lizzie. Molly, it's so good to see you. It's been, um, I've been kind of off the grid for about a week, a little bit over a week. So I just love coming back and getting some Molly time. Oh my gosh, ditto. I know it is so, so good to see you. We are, yeah, right now it's at the end of May. And so we're kind of kicking off summer, which is really hard to believe. I don't know how fast that went. Um, But I know for you, yes, yeah, it is out. It ended last week. School is out. We had, yeah, just wrapping up Memorial Day weekend. So pool time, friends time, you know, all, all the things that really just feel like a quintessential kickoff to summer, which was so, so nice. And finally blizzards are done and weather, I know that's a, it might sound like a dumb question, but you know. Blizzards are done though. I will, I mean, we, we had, you know, some hail and some crazy spring um, rain in the last few weeks, but I think that that is behind us We're we're rounding the corner to June. And so I think it is mostly behind us. So it's just DQ blizzards from here on out. Dairy Queen blizzards. Yes. Yes. I miss that. Living in London, I miss a DQ blizzard, you know? Love a DQ blizzard. You just got back from Italy, which I, we need to hear a minute about how Italy was. My gosh. I am just like a meatball from eating. Like it was, it was. Yeah, we for listeners that don't know, um, I did take a week off. It was kind of my big my big um, vacation for this year, the big holiday for this year. Um, went to Italy. Since I've lived here, I haven't been to Italy, and Italy is truly one of my. I've been fortunate to go before living here, and it's one of my favorite countries. I love the culture. I love the food. I don't know. I love the feel, all of it. So I feel very fortunate. Um, took a week off and ended up going to Rome for three days. And my partner, he had never been to Rome, so we um we had a blast. Rome is like. It's just the feel of Rome just gets in your veins and it's just magical. Mm -hmm. And if anyone listening feels differently, you can share. But I will say Rome is my favorite, one of my favorite large cities in the world that I've visited. Um, But yeah, we did Rome for three days and then we actually went over to the eastern side of Italy on the Adriatic Sea. I kept saying the Baltic Sea, sorry, the Adriatic (laughs) Sea um, for a little bit of beach time and sun time. And you know, Maul, the week before this huge storm came through Italy in the north, so I kept seeing all this rain in Rome and the area. We went to, I say Puglia, P-U-G-L-I-A. Um, okay. I think in Italian fashion, it, it's actually pronounced Puglia. Um, the okay. G is kind of silent. And I actually hadn't really done a ton of research on it. I hadn't known a ton about this part of Italy. But a couple of girlfriends had told me about it. And they're like, Liz, you should go there. Because, you know, I think, I don't know, Mal, if you see it. But whenever I'm looking at different like Instagram or something like that, I always see Italy and the Amalfi Coast and go down to Positano, go to Capri, all of that. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So I was doing my research and, you know, I get like drawn in. I'm like, I want to go look at the the food, the views, the state, it all looks beautiful. Um, The Mediterranean. But I just was like, Liz, it's going to be super crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you just there for the picture? You know, like what, what really are you really going to, are you going to get the beach in Puglia? etc. Yeah. And it's something different that you've never really been to. So um, we ended up doing Puglia. I say Puglia, excuse me, Puglia. And um, it was just the best week. The sun came out, the rainstorm, literally like the week we got there, Ugh. everything kind of opened up and it was about 80 degrees the whole time that we were in um, Rome for three and then about five days or six days, I think over in the Puglia region. And it was just incredible. And if anyone has questions about it, DM us, I will help you tell you what we did, but it was really good, not super touristy phenomenal food, great weather. And, um, it was really nice to kind of really unplug for a little bit of time. 
Oh, that just sounds so amazing. Am I right that Puglia is um, all all the white buildings and it kind of has like a Greece-esque feeling or no, that may be somewhere else? Well, it's so funny you say that because the whole time I actually felt like even my boyfriend, we were like, we feel like we're in Greece actually and not Italy. So there's all these old towns. So maybe you're right. Like, yes, there are some incredible towns down that whole coast to go visit. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, because I do feel like um, I have heard of of this area. Um, never have been there myself, and I also do feel like when you see the pictures of it, it is more reminiscent of what you think of Greece. And you know, and, and to your point, it's further, it's eastern part of the country, and so you're kind of closer, you know, um, that way there. But I'm so, I'm so, so glad that you did it and had an amazing time, and you felt recharged and like you could really just be, you were very present on your vacation. Thank you. And that, and yes, that was like, I, if we've talked about this on here, as I've gotten older, I try to truly be like, I'm on vacation, you know, but we've also talked about boundaries. There's sometimes where it's a one or two day that I do need to work or something. And if something big came up, of course, but I was able to check out. So I think my, yeah, I'm very thankful. So thanks for letting me get a little airtime on, uh, on Italia. I love it. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I think it's a good segue because one of the things that we want to talk about with um, the saucers is this idea of how to, um, you know, kind of stay focused on ourselves and not giving in to the comparison of others. And there's a couple of reasons why we want, why we want to talk about this. You know, we, we've touched on imposter syndrome here before. We've talked about comparison and the idea that comparison is the thief of joy. And yet there's also this very natural kind of like human instinctive um I think reality that we all do this to a degree and for our professional selves, this seems to be kind of even magnified, excuse me, when you're in the macroeconomic environment that we are. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning through my throat. So I'll let you chat yeah. for a sec. I can say, yeah, excuse me. So I think exactly as we talked about this, I think where where the world is right now, there's some industries that are thriving and wonderful. And I think there's some industries that are in a tough spot right now. I think some of us that are listening might be trying to figure out how do I get promoted or I want to be taking on more. I want to take that next step in the, my career. And some of that might not be there right now just based on where everything's at. Some other of us might be just trying to hold on to our jobs based on the industry and what might be happening around you. And I think with that, it's so easy to see things. And there's just so much more, you know, visibility into what's happening in the world with a place like LinkedIn. Um, a lot of now we're meeting in person in conferences. And it's wonderful to be talking to people and it's wonderful to celebrate people. But I don't think that doesn't mean it's not hard for us if we feel whether it's stagnant or maybe a little bit scared about what our future looks like. Yeah. And um, I don't think I I showed the connection to your story as well as I had hoped, but it was because you shared, right? You kind of picked your destination in Puglia, even though it wasn't maybe the most popular place and what everybody else is doing and what all the influencers on Instagram are posting about with the, you know, with the quintessential picture. Um, And I think that you know, is just a reminder that we are running our own race and that ultimately, you know, we've got to focus on what's best for us, what's going to make us the most happy in this scenario. This was your vacation, but there's so many examples every single day in our lives, personally, but certainly professionally, where we want to compare ourselves to others and we want to hold ourselves to maybe the standard that we see in others 
where some of that is natural and some of that maybe helps us, but oftentimes, you know, it can, it can put us on a spiral that we want to talk about how to avoid and how to think about comparing ourselves to others and their professional success. Exactly. So we actually found a Forbes article that I really, really liked. And I want to read the, the opening of the article because I'm very curious if any saucers, I'll tell you, I, it resonated with me. And I was like, yep, I have felt this. So let me read it real quickly. Um, excuse me. So here's what they say. You're up early one morning searching for jobs on LinkedIn when a new notification pops up. Your best friend from college just got promoted to vice president at the same company where he spent the last 10 years. Meanwhile, you've just been laid off from your most recent position. The fourth, it's the fourth job you've held in that same time frame as your best friend getting promoted to vice president. Even though you both graduated in the same year with the same degrees, your careers went in distinctly different directions. Instantly, you feel resentful. You ask yourself, why not me? And we've spent time talking about growth mindset and all of that. But I think that that question of maybe feeling resentful or maybe feeling a little bit sad or going into a little bit of spiral, saying, why not me? Or what have I done wrong? Is a very real feeling. And I have definitely been there um, mm-hmm. multiple times. And I think we can spend today talking through a couple ways to, I think it's important to feel your feelings. And then also a couple ways to work through that. So it doesn't, it's not detrimental. And you're kind of are in this mm-hmm. constant spiral or this constant kind of kind of angsty ridden place. Yeah. And I think that that example is is one that, you know, as you just read, you're right. You know, I think I've I've felt those feelings or you can imagine, gosh, yeah, like th- this this scenario happened to me that had me questioning. Um, and I think the 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 goal here, as always in our conversations, is to walk away with some tips on how to combat this. How how can we kind of take care of ourselves and quiet that ego a little bit when all of a sudden the the comparison spiral is beginning and you find yourself, you know, putting more emphasis on the success of others that you don't actually have direct control over versus you know, the success of yourself and and what you're bringing to the table. So in this same article, which as always, we'll link it when we, when we share the, the episode, there's really kind of five key ways to help combat this comparison desire. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on each. So one, it's identifying the triggers Two, committing to gratitude. We talk a lot about that. Yeah. Um, documenting our own achievements and being really honest with ourselves about what we have achieved embracing competition, and then being our own best friend. None of these are incredibly novel topics, right? I do think in our growth mindset episode and our imposter episode from season two, we have touched on these, but it's always a a good time to remember, again, what is bringing up these feelings in us when we are starting to compare and how do we kind of get back to equilibrium, equilibrium and control a bit of Okay, you know, what is what is kind of true and what do I know about myself versus what I'm feeling and kind of what I'm letting come into my world and making me feel a different way. Exactly. And that's what what I love about the first one, Molly, is identify specific triggers. The reason why this is is okay, maybe you're gonna work on those specific triggers, but I think it's actually more awareness because it might be when somebody gets a salary increase that you go like, why not me? Or I go angry and I want to go march into my boss's office and say, give me a salary increase. But when somebody tells you I got promoted to a higher title or I'm taking on a larger or I'm moving and open, you know, moving to help the company on the other side of the, the world, that doesn't trigger me. But I think it's really important to figure out what does trigger you. Um, and the article actually says, write it down. 
And I think the importance of figuring out what triggers you is so that you don't sit throughout, you're going to hear, let's say it is salary, for instance, if you were out with others, you are going to hear throughout your lifetime, people talking about their salary increases because they're really proud, you know, and they should, and that's okay. Um, but if you really are clear on knowing that that's a trigger for you, you could potentially take the deep breath, know that's a trigger, and then it doesn't send you into a spiral. You know that salary increases are tough for you to listen to. You can get through, take a deep breath. And I don't know if you say smile and nod through it because I think you genuinely are happy for your friend. But I think by knowing and being aware of what your biggest triggers are, it will stop you from spiraling and spiraling, wanting to go march into your boss's office or quit your job to go get more money, et cetera. Yeah, I totally agree with this. And I think, um, you know, it's also, if it's a trigger, maybe it's a live conversation, maybe it's someone tells you, but maybe it's also kind of some of your passive behaviors, right? Scrolling through LinkedIn, scrolling through Instagram, and you find that, you know, while maybe you're doing that, because in some ways you get information and knowledge, it may also be bringing up kind of silently some of these triggers or desire to compare without full context. And it's just important to be mindful of, is this serving you? And are you kind of getting what you want from from doing that? I know we've talked about LinkedIn here. Um, I think both of us feel like it's a very, very powerful and valuable tool in many ways. But you also need to pay attention if it's putting you in a spiral of comparison and seeing, you know, influencers and their posts and their follows and their likes. Is that making you feel lesser than or anything about yourself um, and spending time on why is that triggering you and what can you do uh, about it? So I think that knowing what is causing the trigger is a really important first step in the comparison, you know, the comparison journey. Yep. And you are not alone if you're in the comparison journey. For people, you know, it's some people feel that way about something, some don't. And I think one thing that's really helped me that's actually next on the list is having gratitude and remembering I, I, I think it's okay to feel your feelings and feel how you feel, but I also mm. think it doesn't hurt to take a moment and remember to be thankful. Remember to have gratitude about what you do have, because I think it's so easy to go, why not me? Why can't I? I want, give me. And listen, there's times and places for that. And I respect that, that like needing to things. But I also think when you pause and remember your gratitude, I am thankful that I do have this. This is not so bad. It does change your mindset a bit. And I think a lot of the right emotions go into trigger and I go into action. And I think that there's just a lot more happiness and good things follow that when you focus on the gratitude. Yeah. And we talk, we've talked about gratitude a lot. Again, when we were talking about how to like remain calm in stressful situations, we've talked about it during the growth mindset and it is just going to this concept of what's triggering you and also creating this pausing moment of reflecting and feeling like, you know, maybe I didn't just receive a promotion, but I'm getting so much fulfillment out of my job right now. And I love the work I'm doing. Or maybe I wasn't asked to move and, you know, open a global office and have this, you know, really rich and and exciting experience. But the work-life balance and integration I have right now is so, is so positive. And I don't want to give that up. So it's this natural, you know, again, maybe think about why not me or, or what am I missing? But if we redirect on, think about the good and the gratitude we are we are feeling um, related to, again, our, our work and kind of the professional experiences we have, it usually stops and at least quiets that desire to look across the aisle and say, why not me? Why them? Yes. And I probably have to check my gratitude every few months. 
You know, I yeah. just need to just do a little check and maybe it's once a quarter or so. Um, and I just think it's a very good thing when that does happen. So I love that. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I read, I don't know if people who are Friday Night Lights fan, if you know, you know, Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, Minka Kelly, who was on that, just wrote a um, memoir, a memoir or biography, autobiography. And I read her book while I was on vacation. And she talks a lot about gratitude. Um, I will just say she had a very, very, very interesting childhood, a tough childhood in her relationship with her mother. And actually kind of throughout the book, she talks actually about her gratitude as tough as it was, the gratitude that she has. And um it was actually a really, I didn't know what to expect. And it was a great book. So any Friday Night Light fans who know Minka Kelly, um, I actually really recommend that book. I, I think it's a great perspective. I, I really enjoyed reading it. Oh, I love that. I haven't read it. So I, I will add it to my audible list. I'm much more, I'm more a book listener than I am a reader. Well, it's and I think another um, a good segue to one of the other tips here from Forbes is also not only committing yourself to gratitude, but documenting your achievements. And really, this is kind of another way I think of saying, be very, very intentional and mindful of creating acknowledgement and space to acknowledge our own successes. Um, and of course, you know, I think we've all heard the power of writing things down and journaling and, you know, what that kind of does to our muscle memory. But it's this idea of when you're wanting to compare yourself to others and think about what they have done and you haven't, have you really taken time and space to acknowledge all that you've done and like literally creating a list and posting it somewhere in your office or having it on your phone in your notes to just have that pat on the back moment of, you know what, maybe I didn't do this specific thing that this other person did, but look at what I have done. And I think that does just pull us further into this gratitude space versus again, looking at others and thinking what they got that we didn't. Exactly. And the two things I'll add on to that is I think it's so easy to get in the mindset of right now and you forget all of what you've done. And there's been many times where I've been kind of at some of the women in tech meetings that I've been to, women talk about build a spreadsheet and on the spreadsheet, always add the different projects you've done to it and keep that so that you can always refer to it in these moments. And remember, like, even if you don't get the promotion or you don't get the raise, remembering what you've done and, you know, deciding to say, okay, I've done a lot and I need to keep, and I want to keep going here and I want to keep going. I think there's that other people have mentioned, you know, a lot of people keep a folder within their email. You know, we, a lot of people use um, a lot quicker kind of conversational channels like a Slack, but to save emails of certain things that you've either accomplished or compliments that you've gotten. So you can always have that to go back to, to remember when some of these moments, like, you know, I have done, I, I, I am worthy and I have done great things and be able to reflect on that. So I think that that's another two things that I would also add on top of kind of all what you were saying. Yeah. It, for me, it's coming back to this, all, all of it kind of orients around ego and that, you know, all of us have, have an ego. It is a very natural part of, I think like the human experience in our DNA and it's how to kind of use that ego to our benefit. And when we like really need to kind of bring that bravado and our, our high level of confidence, but also how to quiet it when it's, it's really causing self-doubt or it's making us feel like we're not good enough. No, have your list of achievements, focusing on gratitude, knowing what's triggering you to have these responses, I think are just ways to have that ego get a little quiet when it's, it's not serving us and it's not, being, it's not bringing out the best in us. It's, it's really doing yes. the opposite. Exactly. And I think that that's when you exactly look at your gratitude 
And I know that this isn't what this episode's about, so I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there are times where maybe you do not get the promotion, you don't get the raise, and you're kind of like, you know what? I actually think that it's my time to go. And we've talked about that in season one. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to go off because we're focusing on things, but I think like you also do need to make the choice of, okay, look at all the things that I've done. I do have gratitude, like Maul, to your point, I've got a nice work-life balance. I actually am okay. There are times where you might do all the things that we're talking about and go, but this isn't, this isn't right. And that's okay too. Um, This episode, we're talking a little bit more about when the outside world, we see things, we have conversations and start to kind of spiral a bit, or we start to have those imposter syndrome thoughts, things to do. So I just kind of want to add that to it. Yep. Totally agree. And there's, there's always time and space to, to dig into this further and talk through those. Well, another concept that Forbes touches on, which I think may be a little counterintuitive, um, this I think this very much is like embodying the growth mindset, is this concept of, you know, looking to the people that you envy or looking to the people who you are seeing have all the success and maybe they're bringing up some of this self-doubt or comparison, actually seeking them out as allies and opportunities for advice instead of feeling jealous and letting their achievements, you know, kind of set us off track, asking them and the people we admire most, like if they would be willing to spend time with you so you can hear and learn, you know, if you can find inspiration from the work and the success that they are having, it may help you with maybe some of that self-doubt that's coming in. And also chances are you're going to have a a new kind of tip or, um, you know, piece of advice that you can leverage to further propel your own success. Now, I will say, I think in order for this concept of embracing the competition to like feel authentic and really work, you do have to make sure that, you know, the person that you are reaching out to is someone that you respect, is someone that you, you know, feel like embodies the the values and the authenticity that you do. Because chances are, if somebody is making you feel jealous or treating you with these feelings, but you don't actually you know, necessarily agree with how they do it, or you sometimes find, you know, maybe the content they put out doesn't totally resonate with you, they may not actually be the best person to to get advice from or inspiration from. Love so that point. I think that's an important differentiator. However, when it is someone that you're just like, man, every time I see him or her, they are just, you know, embodying goodness and they're so confident and they come across, da, da, da. If that's how you feel about them, ask, first of all, tell them and ask them, you know, could you pick their brain? Could you spend time with them? Um, And I think you would find it, you know, to be really fulfilling and rewarding and maybe less of the, again, why not me or why can't I do that? Totally. And it might be hard to swallow that ego and ask that person whose competition that you do respect to Mm -hmm. learn from them. But remember, we have long careers and so much that we learn in our careers also helps us outside in real life. And you can take that from what you learn from that person into your next currently, and it's going to stick with you for as you continue to grow your career and go to different companies, et cetera. So I think that that is so important. And I think it might take a pause, yeah. swallow of the ego, and then ask the question. And I love the differentiator you made, Mal. The person's kind of not your vibe. Maybe you don't really agree yeah. or respect what they're putting out there. That's not the person that you go and try to you know measure up to or ask for support or learn from. Yeah. And I think it's actually probably a person that somehow you maybe want to, um, 
be getting access to their their content or their messaging less if if it's not working for you. But to the people who are around you that you see thriving, that you see having success, that you really respect, you know, how they show up and how they have built that for themselves, absolutely love like embracing that, asking for time and inspiration from them. And chances are those feelings of comparison that maybe sometimes go negative that can help it feel more positive. Um, And again, like that respect and admiration really just grows. The last one, which I think comes back to again, all of of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Being our own best friend. And so often we treat others better than we treat ourselves. And it's just this reminder of, you know, the advice you would give your friend who's coming to you saying they're, you know, feeling a certain way, they're down, they're doubting their, themselves, they're doubting their successes. What are you going to say to those people in those moments? Because oftentimes it's incredibly encouraging. It's very supportive. And you remind these people of all of the good and all of the success. We've got to do that to ourselves too. So if you wouldn't give the advice to a friend, don't talk to yourself that way, right? And be like mindful of caring for ourselves first and foremost. Yep. And I think the the positive self-talk or at least the non-negative self-talk is a big thing that, you know, when I'm in some of these things that we've talked about or kind of spiraling, really easy for me to go to that. And I'm so thankful, Maul, you've been a great person who's like, Liz, is that even true? Are like, where are you going? But sometimes I just like, it's my comfort to go to that when I'm just feeling down. I have another friend who's been like, hey, don't talk to my friend like that. You know, speaking about me, like one of my good friends says things like that. I just think though, as I've gotten older and as, you know, I don't know for everybody, but for me, as I've gotten older, it's just like, why am I wasting my energy doing that? It's not helping mm-hmm. me. It's only hurting me. And it's not even like, it's it's not productive. It's, it's not even true. It's just my anxiety coming through and speaking. And I think it's so important to pause on those and give yeah. yourself a positive self-talk or just neutral because that negative self-talk is not helping anybody. No. And again, none of this is easy. And yet I no. think it's so important to just create the space for the conversation. Cause oftentimes we do these things without even recognizing it. We're kind of just in autopilot and that again, like instinctive compare and, and look at other successes and think it reflects upon us. We just do that autopilot. And, and this yes. whole conversation is about how do we break that cycle? How do we pause? How do we reflect? How do we find gratitude? How do we get curious? And yeah, focus on loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves, um, not making these big sweeping assumptions about what we're not based on what others we believe are. Yep. And you're not alone if some of these feelings do come through. I think like it's, it's, I have seen like that literally when the article opened with that, I'm like, I have felt that way before. And then my imposter syndrome kicks in and it's all these things. So I think all of these are little tools in your tool belt to help us. That's helped me. And I love the article. It really resonated. Maul, probably you too. Um, yes. But exactly. It's not, um, it's, it can be sometimes be simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And I think uh, even doing these episodes help me uh, yes. think about them. So to be honest, so saucers, I just, just remember no matter where you're at right now and how you're feeling, just also like be bold and, um, and, and, and do you. And take care of yourself and always eat dessert. There's always time and room for dessert. Lizzie, absolutely love seeing you. I'm glad Italy was amazing. And here's to both of us not comparing ourselves to others for the week ahead. I love that. Exactly, Molly. Great to see you. Bye, saucers. Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform 
or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.